Good morning. Good morning, Rabbi Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class is dedicated in loving memory of Jacob's parents, Shaul and Samira Aini. Aleyhem HaShalom Lilush Batem, Shaul and Victoria, and Samira Bat Rachel, sponsored by Raquel and Jacob Aini and family. Breakfast in the Class is also dedicated by Mauricio and Laura Sion from South Florida in honor of their youngest son, Leon Ari Yehudi, Yehuda Ben Leah. Bar Mitzvah Parasha is Sav. May you continue with the path of Torah, Hopah, Masim Tovim. May you have a long life filled with B'sorot, Ovot, Semachot, Refuah, Parnasah, and purpose in life, Baruch Hashem, what a beautiful Beracha. And finally, the week of Kobru is dedicated in loving memory of Morris Sutton, Alav Shalom, the Yunishba Moshe Ben Adel, sponsored anonymously. And last but not least, as a Refuah Shlema for Yaakov Israel Ben Tamar Malka. Okay, let us begin. I want to share with you a beautiful uh, concept. We read in the parasha, Baruch Atah Adonai, Elohim Melech Olam, Shachol Yevaro. We read in the parasha um, about the korban chatat. It tells us that when a person, when the kohen would bring the korban, one of the things that they had to be very careful of was if the korban chatat, if it came into contact with a vessel. So, as an example, let's say you take a piece of the korban after it's made and you cook it in a, an earthenware dish. You take this meat, you make a beautiful stew out of it, I don't know what you did, <laughs> okay? It's in your earthenware vessel. So the flavor of the korban, the flavor of the meat, where does it go? Goes, we know, into the walls of the vessel, okay? Just like you have that law when it comes to milk dishes, that when you cook milk in something, the milk goes into, the flavor goes into the walls of the vessel. You cook meat, the meat goes into the walls of the vessel. So too, when you cook the khatat, the chatat goes into the walls of the vessel. Now there's a law that governs chatat, and in chatat, the halakha is, you're only allowed to eat it for a certain amount of time after the korban is brought, before you have to burn it and dispose of it properly. So there's a time limit. Some korban don't have a day and a half, some korban don't have shnei uh, two, two days and one night, some can have one day and one night, etc., etc., etc. So after the time is up for the korban chatat, and Rashid tells us that that's true for all korbanot, okay? So in all these scenarios, when the time runs out on the korban, not only do you have to burn the korban, but if you have an earthenware vessel, the vessel needs to be broken because the flavor of the korban in the walls of the vessel is now considered past its due date. Past notar, you have to shatter the vessel. If it's a vessel of, of metal, you could kosher it. But if it's uncosherable, like an earthenware vessel, is it needs to be broken. Why? Because it swallowed the taste of the korbanot. You guys, are we all with me? Yeah? Now here's the crazy part. This law, it's not a law of, korban, of korbanot. It's, it's a law in, this, in the nature of, of kashrut, of vessels. That when a vessel has something that's cooked inside of it, that flavor is present inside the actual vessel itself. We learn from here, in my opinion, not just the concept of kashrut, but also one of the great laws, one of the great ideas within Judaism, and that is that when two things are in close proximity one to the other, if they're connected one with the other, if they're hanging out one with the other, then there's an idea of bili'ot, which means the swallowing of the taste of. In fact, the law actually, right after we learn about this law, we learn about the fact that if any of the blood gets on something, yikdash, that object needs to be set aside. It's a wild concept. 
that just interaction with something, just being together with something is enough already to say that this thing, it looks like it's an earthenware vessel, but you know what it is? It's an earthenware vessel that is full of kiddushah, that is full of the taste of the korban. This concept, biliot, that we swallow, and literally if I explain it to you with a word, if I pick and choose a better word, the word is, and if I absorb, I absorb things that I'm with, is one of the tremendous lessons of Pirkei Avot. In the, in, in the Mishnah Pirkei Avot tells us that it's very important that a person is connected with a Shachen Tob, a good neighbor. And I don't mean, like I always say, I don't mean State Farm. What I'm talking about over here, a good neighbor, is a person who has good midot, who learns Torah, who uh, is kind to people, who speaks properly, doesn't use, uh, you know, swear words, etc. all the time. These types of things, my friends, they rub off on a person, they pe penetrate a person, and they permeate a person to the point that there are some types of absorption, that the only way to fix that absorption is to literally break the vessel and start again. There are people in your life that are so toxic, they are so dangerous to hang around, to be connected with, that if you absorb their midot, their energy, the only way to solve that is to literally break yourself and start again. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people, even though maybe they don't know the lesson, they've experienced the life lesson. They've met a person like that, who left them a broken shell from what they were before. Someone who cheated them. Someone who broke their hearts. Someone who broke their trust or broke their confidence. A person like that, they literally, they lay destructive waste to everyone around them. So we learn from the laws of Biliot how careful we need to be not to absorb, not to pick up things. Now, I want to just share with you because I think this is really interesting. You know, the study of atoms has revealed to us, I think, something that's very interesting. You know, now we know that when you look at a solid item, a solid item is not actually solid. That solid item is literally denser atomic, uh, uh, it's a denser state of, uh, of, a, of atomic structure. So a thing which is thicker or denser or harder is something where the atoms are much closer together. And they're revolving, everything is much closer, there's less space, if you will, again, to borrow a term, between uh, the, the, the moving atoms. Something which is more porous has perhaps a less dense atomic structure, okay? So a less dense item has more space, if you will, between. But everything, effectively, has space. From the understanding of the atomic nature of things in our world, we learn that there is not a thing on earth which is not in some way porous, which, is not in so, which does not have in some way a little bit of space inside of it or them to be able to be filled, to be able to be impacted. And it is to this end that I always say that when you meet someone who they say has a heart of stone, stone can also absorb. What's the point in being nice to them? What's the point in making an effort with my husband, with my mother? She's bitter. She's an angry old woman. Her heart is a heart of stone. Stone also absorbs.
it just takes a lot more impact, it takes a lot more effort, it takes a lot more connection, right? But we know that if you pour water on a stone for long enough, it will create a hole directly through the stone. Don't give up. People absorb. Now this concept, it applies in three different lanes. The concept of absorption, of bili'ot. The first element of absorption is with regards to the fact, be careful who you hang out with. An old phrase goes, you want to know someone, you know? You, if I want to understand you, if I want to know you, if I want to uh, you know, grasp who you are, introduce me to your friends. If I've met the totality of your closest friends, I know who you are. Because over time, those friends will have left an indelible imprint, a carbon footprint on your soul. The second lane uh, of absorption, aside from being careful, making sure you curate, you're, you're, you're very uh, selective with the people you allow into your orbit. The second element is, in terms of absorption, is that you can also bring people into your orbit that are positive influences. They fill the spaces in your life with holiness. Now, I want to give you an example of this. Because I think this is very powerful. Just so we understand. Let's say a person, I mean, I get approached by people sometimes, and they tell me, you know, Rabbi, I listen to your class every morning. When I'm jogging, when I'm cooking, when I'm this, when I'm that. You know? And in a certain sense, that space that used to be the radio, that space that used to be some song, is now God's song. It's now an understanding of self, a development of self. It's about moral and ethical principles. So in a certain sense, you have filled that space with something powerfully, uh, um, you know, positive. So if you could imagine those spaces in time being filled with something more positive, filling your space with more mitzvot, with more activities, instead of just switching on, you know, the TV or going through the news or doing some other mindless activity. Think of that space, not just in spaces of time, but in spaces in yourself. You know, if, you, uh, if you're going to watch some movie or TV show, what happens? You're thinking about that movie or the TV show. You know, I watched this thing. I read this book. You know what? It's an amazing book. I this, that, the other. It's in your mind. It's occupying your thoughts. Not only that, you ever, you ever experience, I always, I love this line because I, I think deeply when people speak. Listen to this. People say, oh, you know what? This reminds me of something I read. Have you had people say that? Reminds me of the show I watched. So you're in the real world and the real world is reminding you of the fake world. Think about what that, think about what that says. That means that what is present in your mind, what is recalled in your brain, when you see uh, a husband and wife who are very connected, very in love, you know, it reminds me of this movie that I once watched about a husband and wife. Why are you telling me? Look, this is what it is. That's not what it is. That was a depiction of this. But when we fill our minds and we fill our space with these things, then actually um, it, it puts us in that space. If you think about this idea, you will ensure that you are surrounded not just by good people, but also by good things. The stuff in your house should be good 
stuff, not junk, not silliness, not vapid, uh, uh, you know, baseless, silly ideologies. People ask you, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with this, Rabbi? What's wrong with this? What's wrong with this? You're asking the wrong question. Ask what's right with this. My friends, the third element of absorption is the good, surrounding ourselves with good. Surrounding ourselves with good people, good experiences, good influences. The negative is eliminating those things from our life. But my friends, the final concept, I think, in terms of absorption, is not in terms of what I am absorbing, but in terms of what I can give across to other people to absorb. And I want to share this because I think this is very powerful. Reb, uh, there's an amazing story with Chan Ben-Zion about Shaul. Chan Ben-Zion once saw a guy. He walks up to him in the middle of the week, randomly, and he says, you know, I think you did not sell your chametz. The guy's like, Rabbi, we're in the middle of Sukkot now. What are you talking about? He goes, no, no, I think you didn't sell your chametz. He says, what do you mean? He says, I was standing right next to you when you said the Amidah. At the end of the Amidah, you said, which means that my soul, like dust, is to everybody. My soul should be like dust to everybody. Everybody walks on dust. I should be somebody. That, you know, I'm not so caught up on ceremony. It's not, it's not that I don't feel that I'm so important, that I'm the you know, the be-all and end-all of the universe. You know, it's okay for me to be a little bit, uh, you know, uh, humbled. He says, and then you walked out of shul, and I saw someone bumped into you by mistake, and you slapped him across the face. And I was thinking, says Kham Ben Sion, that if you just said, you should be dust that's trodden on, and then someone by mistake bumps into you and slap him in the face, that means that the type of dust or your relationship with Afar is that it's not allowed to be stepped on. It's not allowed to be bumped into. It needs to be treated with the utmost respect. The guy says, okay, okay Rabbi, where are you going with all this? He says, well, when we do bitul chametz, we say that our chametz should be ke'afra ara like the dust. But your dust is very expensive. Your dust is very precious. Your dust is full of all of kabod. So when you said your chametz should be like dust, it's a very special thing. I don't think you sold your chametz. First of all, what a genius way of giving someone tochacha, slowly leading him down the path until you give him the punchline. So you didn't hit him right away. You brought the guy to an understanding. He's saying, understanding. He's saying it in a, in a nice way. My friends, so many of us, the, the element, and I, I love to point this out, you know, our midot, for most of us, we think are elements that are reactive. They take place in the world when a certain thing happens. When someone bumps into you, do you lose your temper? When someone is playing music uh, at night, a couple minutes after the time that they're supposed to play music in your apartment building, you know, do you go ape? You go you're mental, yelling, screaming. You know, if someone didn't invite you to, to a, a simcha, if someone didn't say hello to you, if someone was in the middle of a conversation, and this happens all the time as a rabbi, you're in the middle of a conversation with someone, someone else will walk right up to you and say, hey, uh, how's it going, rabbi? 
You know, it happens all the time. All the time. And then they're offended that you didn't answer them. Like, I can't believe it. Rabbi, so rude. He didn't talk to me. No. <laughs> he was in the middle of talking to someone else. It would have been rude of him to stop in the middle of this conversation with that person to like literally start talking to you. That's, right? Sometimes we think about midot as the way we respond to situations. But there's a whole other kind of midot. A whole other realm of midot. And that is the energy and the vibe that you put across to people. Before anyone said anything, you walked in the room. Did you walk in? What do you think you are? The Queen of England? President of the United States? Right? You see people walk in, very clear that they in their mind believe that the room belongs to them. The world was created for them. A, t a person who lives his life that way, they don't realize that people absorb the energy that you give off. When you walk into a room and, and you're congenial and happy and, and your energy and your uh, vibe is not one of arrogance of ga'avav, large, then people want to interact with you based on the way that you're putting yourself across. My friends, think of how you walk into a room. Think of how you walk into your house. You walk into your house, you walk in, you're like, <sighs> like that. You walk in like that. What's your wife's first thought? You didn't say anything. Steer clear of this guy. <laughs> you know, just look at the way this guy walked in. Your kids look at you, right? They wanted to say, hey, Abai, don't tell you about that day. Now forget it. They're running, they're hiding in their rooms. They know if you see the slightest thing wrong. This guy sits down on the couch. He thinks he won the Midok game because he didn't say anything. But the energy that everybody absorbed from him was one of such fear, of such negativity. You ruined their night without saying a word. Recognize that the same way that you absorb from other people their words, their actions, their, you know, the way that they hold themselves, people absorb that from you as well. My favorite line about this, I remember a while ago it said, your face is not private property. Your face is public property. The Mishnah teaches, You should greet everyone with a happy face. You know why? What did he do wrong that his day should be ruined? Because your day is ruined. Could you imagine that? Imagine you walked up to someone, punched him in the face. The guy said, what are you doing? The guy said, well, earlier someone punched me in the face. No, that's not a thing, right? You don't get to do that. But when you're miserable because someone else got you upset and you bring that home, that's punching someone in the face because earlier you were punched in the face. Recognize that people absorb from us. They take it in. A lot of times people say to you, Rabbi, you have a, having issues with Shalom Bayit. I don't know what to do. My wife is never happy. This, that, the other. And I'm always thinking, I see you in shul all the time. Dude, you're never happy. <laughs> and if this was your wife's fault, then at least in shul you should be happy. Guy was grouchy all the time. Of course his wife's not happy. She's married to a grouch. <laughs> 
Shalom Alekim, my name is Rabbi Fari. Is your name Oscar? Do you understand? This idea, my friends, this concept, I think is one of the beautiful outcomes of the, of the halakha, of the law, of the idea of biliot, of the fact that something absorbs something. And sometimes, sometimes, you can fix a person who lived in a house where they had a lifetime of criticism. Sometimes. Sometimes you could take a vessel that's been exposed to a taste, to a tam, to an experience, and you could burn it out of them. You could put, the, you could put it on the fire, you could put it in boiling water. It's painful, you know, it hurts, but you could burn it out of them. You could take it out of them. Then there's some people that there is no way to take it out of them. The only way you take that negativity and criticism out of them is if they break apart, if they hit rock bottom and rebuild themselves anew, like an entirely new vessel. Sometimes when you see someone, that grouch, that I was so easy and quick to judge that he was Oscar, how do I know he didn't inherit that sadness, that anger, that negativity from his father, from his mother? Yeah, any. It's so important, my friends, not to judge people because you never know where they've been. Maybe the fact that this guy is even coming to synagogue at all shows that he's a warrior. Maybe the fact that this guy is holding it together and not falling apart with his difficult life, even if he's not smiling as much as you or I would like, even if you look, you've shown the Mishnah and Pirkei Avot, says the smile, and he's like, dude, I'm barely holding it together. So there's two ways to deal with a person like that. One way is, like we said, to judge him, to teach him, to talk to him. And the other way is, to let him absorb from you. Come to him with a smile. Come to him with a joke. There are people that whenever you meet them, they've always got a new joke. Rabbi, I've got one for you. Half the time, I know the joke they're going to say. But it brings them so much joy to tell me the joke that I sit and I'm like, oh, that's a great one. Fantastic. Never heard that one before. 900,000 times. Never, never heard that one. But, you know, it's beautiful. It is a beautiful thing that a guy walks around thinking, how can I make someone smile? What a beautiful thing. Hashem should bless us to recognize that all, this is the line I want you to take away with you. Ready? This is the line you stuck on the refrigerator. All people are porous. All people are porous. Porous means that you, it, things get through. There's holes. There's space. Porous. P-O-U-R-O-S. Correct? Is that right? Porous. P-O-R-O-U-S. Excuse me. There you go. All people are porous. Even the people that seem like they're steel wall, all people are porous. And in the end, if 
you make enough of an effort, if you smile enough, if you bring enough joy, it will make a dent. It might not turn them into a happy the clown, but you will have improved their day, even though they hate to admit it. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.